0: right, the whips are talking point again. Harry Skelton got a ban yesterday. He got a seven-day ban and a £2,900 fine. Now, although the BHA stewards did not publish how many times over the threshold of eight Harry Skelton went, you can deduce from the length of the ban and the fact there was a financial penalty that they must have counted 11 whip strokes for going three over. Under the new whip regulations, which will be brought in in the new year, that would be a 14-day whip ban plus a more stringent Financial penalty. I have to preface all of this by saying I was part of the steering group that uh, brought in, or uh, that advised on the bringing in of the new of the new whip rules. Neil Channing, Oliver Sherwood. Neil, first of all, what do you think of the uh, the whip ban that Harry Skelton got? And why don't we know exactly what the offence he committed was? It was a bit of a puzzle to me. Yeah,
1: why don't we know? I didn't. I because I, uh, cause I it, it totally passed me by. Watching the ride, I didn't feel like God. He really got stuck into that one. Uh, and then it wasn't in the stewards report at the end of the day, the number which was a bit kind of odd really. I don't know why that was. Um, but uh, yeah I mean if, if that's what he did and it was 11 and that's what it says then I suppose that's fair enough really. I, obviously the loose horse. Uh, was, was playing up a bit, wasn't it? And, and, you know, remastered was coming back at him. It's a big race. I guess he was thinking, oh, my God, I don't want to lose it now. He was rather all out at the mm. end. Whether he might have
0: been able to argue one or two strokes for safety rather than encouragement might have been interesting, well, Given the elbow.
2: Definitely. I mean, there is a case f- to say that if you... Um, you do go over that in these big races, then you disqualified the ho- what? Well, the horse. This,
0: the, this this is what will happen under the new rules. You You yes. go four over, but just for clarification, because there was some argument about this on social media last night, he wouldn't have been disqualified under the new rules yesterday. Okay. Because by the by by the offence that he's been charged with, and I'm deducing this simply from the the band that he's got, mm. um, they've counted eleven, and they'd have had to have counted twelve in order for him to trigger the disqualification. Yeah. I thought, blimey,
2: he'd be quite clever to actually, he didn't actually, it wasn't like this up here, was it, and down 12, it was like that. It's the same sort of thing that you've got... Am I right in saying now that, that you cannot have your stick in the forehand? Exactly. The will be it hand, hand. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. I think numbers is a sort of... is a very grey area to actually have it on numbers. I, I've always, from day one, from the whip rules, having seven... Is it seven on the flat and eight on jumps? It up is. Up six and, six yeah. and that's what it'll
0: back. continue to be. Yeah. yeah
2: so I'm not a fan of having numbers. I think it should be the perception to the stewards and to public. And you can get some really good finishes like that. And... uh driving finishes, uh, I think numbers is a very dangerous area. Look, looking
1: on social media, I didn't see too, I don't think I saw anybody saying, Complaining about uh, it. you know, I felt like I was on the second, I was robbed because the winner cheated. Well, let
0: me ask you this, under the, under the new rules, and this is something that's you know, subsequent to the, to the recommendations of the steering group, because the betting industry have intervened, mm. if there is a disqualification, it won't take place until sometime after the event, so, on the day, punters will get paid out on first past the post. Money. You'll get your trophy, even if you knew, if you know full well your jockey's gone over it. and you're going to lose it. You'll be there, trophy presentation. Everyone gets paid out, all the hullabaloo. We'll talk about it on this show. And oh, by the way, in a few days' time, you'll up, be up in London. Mm. And but
2: then you and get, the then horse you get and a scenario where it's a win at all costs, isn't it? They'll go in and just wham, bam.
1: Well, from a betting point but, of view, well, maybe, but you're still going to yeah, lose the
2: race. race. Right. So,
0: yeah. So the whole point is, your are dis. That no, that's well, so what I meant. So you're, sorry,
2: you're, I, didn't, I didn't explain myself very well. Yeah. But it will. be. So, but, uh, I mean, from a betting point. So that means betting is more important. Uh, I don't know where to draw the line. Well,
1: is, I mean, obviously, the betting industry must have had some kind of input mm, here, absolutely, and and, and 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 probably rightly so as well. Really, I mean, when we're in a situation where you know we've got world pool. Huge amounts of money coming into the sport um, from people betting into the whirlpool. Uh, I, I think, you know, if they if they kicked you out on the day for whip abuse in Hong Kong, they'd burn the stand down. Yes. You know, like <laughs> they, they wouldn't stand for it. Uh, so I, I think I can see why they've gone along those lines. I think the UK betting industry have had an input and I think that's reasonable. I mean, you know, just, I used to be an on-course bookmaker. If, just imagine if it was like a 20-minute stewards inquiry after, after the big race at Newbury yesterday and suddenly, you know, all the on-course bets had to change. Uh, you know, the so you think they've being, done the right thing deferring
0: that, uh, even uh, though you get that feeling on the day that you actually haven't tidied up the result? Uh, it's
1: not, neither way is going to be perfect, but I think this is the best way of doing it actually. I also think, you know, because we're going to have all that, you know, what kind of stroke was it? Was it a steering stroke? Did he did he miss with that one? Does it is it a fake, you know, yeah, did he actually, was it a hit or was it a miss? Uh, I, I, you know, you can see that uh, you know you get a good QC later in the week. You might be able to get off <laughs> the, the stewards on the day. It's putting them under big pressure to come up with a decision in twenty minutes. Uh, with with the later in the week thing, it might be a sort of three hour sit down and watch the race a hundred times. Mm. Mm. It's
2: neither is an ideal solution. No, it, it's going to drag on and on and on, all these things. There'll be a time when, it, I'm afraid, it will come, when you n- will not be able to be like Sweden. You can't hit behind the saddle. You can't take your hands off the reins, which I think is sad. But uh, I hope to goodness it doesn't come that way.
0: Let's talk about the going, because that's been at the forefront of everybody's mind this week. Uh, very anxious moments for the clerk of the course, uh, Newbury, Keith Otterson. In the end, Oliver, would you say that he just about got away with
2: it? I think he did. I think he just got away with it. Um, uh, it's, listen, it's been, uh, I think people are a bit scared now of running on, 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 on um, I won a Hennessy with the Arctic call on good to firm ground. And if I remember when Nupsala won the King George, uh. Who trained the second in that race, by the way, Oliver? A uh, certain Mr. Henderson.
1: Oh right, okay.
2: Never heard of him, have you? Yeah, no, no, I <laughs> just wondered. No, he, I just he wondered disappeared. That yeah. was good
1: to firm ground. It was, day, good yeah. to firm. And,
2: and Nupsala won a King George. They were watering Kempton on christmas day mm, yeah. so it's not unheard of mm. i personally don't think there's nothing wrong with genuine good good to firm ground uh, as long as you know where you are uh, it's we come off a very relatively dry winter last year and an unbelievably dry summer mm. it happens it happens the newcastle Park
1: of course this week said um we're watering because we, people want proper winter ground but the RCA recommendations says that clerks should should aim for uh, for for good to soft. So, uh, sorry for good good ground on jumps. Mm, uh, sorry, good see. good very clearly good ground on jumps and good to firm on the flat. But the thing is that the trainers are kind of putting pressure on on the courses by saying, "Well, we're we're not going to run on that." Mm. So now, you know, if you are a clerk of the course, you're in a difficult situation.
2: Uh, you can't win. I w- I'd rather be a racehorse trainer than I would be a clerk of the course. <laughs> <laughs> do you get do
0: you get more tendon injuries now running on ground described as good
2: than you did force now you, ah, i know okay, what a force ground yeah you can get force ground see the one thing like you see the grand description for Leicester on thursday mm-hmm. it's good to firm good in places soft stroke heavy on the bend now that to me <laughs> Is the uh, not Leicester's fault because it coincides with the flat track and everything like that, and everything, but that's the sort of worst sort of ground. I think watering should be a little and often, it shouldn't be ground changing. And then you get the roots to work down into the ground. If you go to some tracks, you can just pick the grass up, the roots don't have to work. And any possible man can see what goes on there.
0: Well, this is interesting because actually it, it leads us on to another topic, and I know we're going a bit over here, but it's important. Ruby Walsh was talking about this on Road to Cheltenham with Lydia last week about do we then need to make sure these jumps tracks where you've got a dual purpose course are tended to more through the summer yes, that they just keep definitely. it maintained rather than just letting them burn out definitely. and then go ah oh, god we've just got to stick all loads of water on
2: Yeah, which is I think is so wrong it should be a little and often and you've only got to look. I, I'll never forget David Nicholson used to say when he used to go to Royal Ascot I shouldn't be meant, well I have mentioned Royal Ascot it was yellow this year the jumps track he had all the contention there. they had the mm. You had the marquees on yeah, the jungle track. Yeah, corporate hospitality. That should be, be taken off. I think that, that, that the corporate hospitality should be taken back. Looked after water, just a little often for grass growth, not for change of ground. Just grass growth, and then the roots have to work down and uh you get you 're going to get time when you can 't control the weather that 's why English racing is so popular because everything's different it 's not greyhound racing round Amer- much I love watching some uh, American racing. everything's different. the soil structure is different, everything's different like that. but if you get if you get the roots to work down down to the bottom, then you work, you go to some tracks, you can just pick the grass up the roots don 't have to work and that, you do more harm on that on force ground than you would do on firm ground that 's a fact.
0: Right, let's move on and talk about the uh, the all weather break, which has led to some interesting initiatives and uh, has led to some interesting opinions as, as regards whether there should be a a break in the all weather season. Neil, what do you think?
1: Well, I'm I'm in favour of a break in the two seasons generally, the flat and the jumps. You know, so I'm I'm generally in favour of breaks. I think it's a good idea. I think from the point of view of marketing the sport for the two main seasons the flat season and the jump season i think having a break gives you the chance to kind of launch the season and and that's better for marketing um in terms of the all weather break obviously the jockey this is a thing that's been negotiated with Mm -hmm. the professional jockeys association and presumably they've come up with what they consider to be the best time uh, for them to do it there's uh, you know you could say well why are we having a break in the middle of November, no all-weather racing for a week. When you know, generally not this year. Obviously, uh, there might be a lot of abandonments of jumps racing. We might have had blank days uh, in the last seven days. We, we've been, you know, obviously we've been kind of lucky that, that there haven't been. Uh, I think that the the uh, the, the case was that. Uh, Actually, the abandonment's are more likely to come after Christmas than yeah, before. Um, but uh, you know, like I saw a thing. I think Jack Mitchell was saying that jockeys with families they'd rather have a kind of two-week break over Christmas, whereas a lot of the kind of more single younger guys were going out to Tenerife this week. So <laughs> it's hard to get all the jockeys. Yeah. You know, it's like you're cheap, never going to keep it? everybody. You happy. can't keep everybody happy. O- on a wider point, Oliver,
0: do you think we are going to get to the point where we heard some of the jumps trainers saying actually? We don't really like summer jumping. Do you think we're going to get to that point where we actually get, go back to uh, having a, a a kind of couple of months in the in the I don't summer? Know about a or couple or of months, six but certainly weeks, or a month. A month or yeah,
2: I, I, I do. I think there should be. A, it sort of it is a, a lovely finale at Sandown in for the Betfred, and then it starts again a week later, five days later. If you had a complete break then, then everybody knows where they'd stand.
0: What would be uh, optimum for the horses and, and your training regime? It doesn't make where, difference. Would the, where would the break be best?
2: Well, I'm old-fashioned because I'm not a big summer jumping man. And they come up to middle of May and they're out to grass and they have, keep a few who want the better ground. And then uh, you get them in in July time. So I, I don't think... It, there isn't a right and a wrong. I just think there should be a gap uh, for. You can't give them a gap in August. Uh, when's the next jump gap? Uh, when there's a gap in September, isn't yeah. there? We're just getting going. They're all back in and they're getting ready. That for makes the next, no sense. Makes no sense mm. at all, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I should, it should almost be. Sort of, I personally think shut should have the whole of June off. End of story. Then you know exactly where you well, stand and away you go July time.
1: Just quickly, by the way, they had that thing last night. There was a meeting at Wolverhampton where only certain jockeys could ride in it. You had to have had less than X number of winners. Uh, You could do that with trainers. You could say, well, you have to have less than X in your yard or whatever. Um, And that could give a break, but we'd still have a betting product for the industry, and it wouldn't be an expensive way of doing it. You could do that for a week or something like that. Mm.
0: Now, for those of you who haven't been following where we are with uh, with the white paper and the gambling review, join the club. Neil Channing's normally a bit more on the pulse than, than everybody else. There was however an interesting intervention in a
1: debate in the House of Lords this week that had you hanging your head. <laughs> well it was incredible uh, because this whole thing has dragged on for so long. It's two years now, it's coming up to two years uh, since we, uh, we asked people to send in their opinions about uh, the gambling review or since the Gambling Commission asked people to. Uh, And the House of Lords had a debate this week. Um, I I can't remember what he is now, Lord something or other. Norman Lamb, he used to be an MP Mm -hmm. for the Lib Dems, uh, I think in East Anglia or somewhere, and uh, now he's a Lord. And uh, he said, well, don't worry about it, this affordability... Uh, it's not going to it's not going to affect racing because it's just online gambling. It'll affect. I mean, have we not educated <laughs> anybody how how the funding of the sport works? He said it's only going to affect it's only going to affect on course. And these bookmakers. are our lawmakers. Yeah, this man's making our laws. Um, I mean, surely somebody's explained to him along the way that uh, you know actually the funding of horse racing uh, comes from betting on horse racing, and most people bet online these days, and not with on course bookmakers who he seemed to think were the only people that were going to be affected by it. Um, I don't know, Cecil Parkinson, as he was, I don't know, he's Lord something or other, now. I can't remember what he Lord, Lord Parkinson. Lord <laughs> Parkinson, probably. Um, he, uh, he was talking for the government and he was still sort of saying that they could get this white paper out by Christmas. I think they're still hoping to. Um, I don't know, I was on a few weeks ago and I said it, it should be out by Christmas, but I, I wouldn't, I don't know whether I'd like to. But that, was, the before, on it that was before the last change of government. No, no, that was. All you only come off on once. Per, you're only allowed was, on the program once per prime minister. Yeah, yeah. I think it was after the 44 day government. But uh, yeah, there is a feeling that they want to get it out. Um, the, the, the the Tories are, are suggesting that they're not going to actually pass the legislation, but they're going to put the white paper out and then do nothing about passing legislation before the next election. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're in a situation where, you know, we're we're talking a lot about affordability uh but there's there's still so many things that are not going to be covered in the white paper sadly uh, in terms of punter protection i think is one of the worst things all right on that like keep talking oliver and I, talking. I will
0: listen <laughs> Oh okay <laughs> dutifully because there, there was a YouGov poll well there was a commission by yeah. the betting and gaming
1: council this week yeah now obviously hmm. whenever somebody brings out an opinion poll you've got to have a look at who commissioned it and and of course the, the betting and gaming council uh, you know, as punters, we we've been you know we haven't had much of a choice in this debate. We either have to side with people who say they want to reform gambling, many of whom would like to abolish gambling, um, and 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 would like to you know do things that are going to damage horse racing, like Norman Lamb, um, or, or we have to side with you know effectively the big corporations, the Betting and Gaming Council. Now, the Betting and Gaming Council came out with a a, a YouGov poll that they'd commissioned this week. And uh, they seem very pleased because the poll said uh, that if you bring in affordability checks, um, it's gonna lead to people going to the black market. Now I agree, I think that is true and I think it's been underplayed. I think the the Gambling Commission have generally underplayed that. But I would have to pick up the Betting and Gaming Council because if they are so worried, their members, uh, that um, affordability checks are gonna drive people to the black market, why have they never worried in the past about the fact that uh, heavy restrictions on people gambling uh, are driving people to the black market, and actually you know during this World cup, uh, I think it's it, it, you know I've seen it so much more in the last few weeks than I had in the last few years uh, with just kind of fairly regular ordinary punters just betting on the black market now because it's so hard to deposit money you know you because the white paper's been delayed so long, Mm. uh, effectively the Gambling Commission have brought in affordability checks with no legislation being passed. And people are finding it very, very difficult. Uh, You know, if you want to bet a couple of hundred quid on a football match, which is way above the average person's stake, I accept that, but there are people in this country that want to have an even 200 quid or an even 100 quid on a football match. And of course, if, if you're limited to X deposits per month, if you're betting on four games a day, you're not really going to go you know, eight consecutive losers. You're going to bet a winner, a loser, a winner, a loser, and you might break even. But on, when it's deposit limits on the affordability, it, it makes it quite hard for you to do that. Those were this week's Talking Points.
0: Plenty more chat right after this.